well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starling Dave Lump, a sexy armpit, and Matt Club Dinosaur Radula. I just got over being sick, man. I don't even know if you're completely over it yet, actually. I know. You said you were sick, too. Yeah. It might have been, like, sympathy pains for you. <laughs> well, I, I might have just it. been trying to get out of a couple of things. You know what? I have a bad headache. <laughs> but it seems like everyone I know has been quarantined in their bedroom with a box of tissues and soup. And then coughing and sneezing and watching Netflix. <laughs> I gotta say, aside from the coughing, it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> it's this weather. It's like 85,000 degrees one day, two degrees the next. Our bodies can't handle it. We don't actually heal from medication, I don't think. I think we heal from sitting around watching TV. Oh, absolutely. The medicine just dumbs it down for a little while, and it's the television that actually cures you. One thing I noticed as I was being sick and comatose on the couch, you always get that option when you're watching like Netflix or one of these subscription services that you could skip the intro, that feature where you could click skip intro. Useful in certain situations, but not all. Like, why would you want to skip the intro? It's like the best part, but like not necessarily for modern tv shows no i mean modern tv show intros are almost they almost make them with a thought in mind you know what no one's gonna sit through this so let's just fucking get through it (laughs) yeah static graphic a couple of drum beats and we're out forget this part i mean all the work that went into it just skip past it yeah exactly (laughs) but it's so ironic to me because sometimes i just go on the youtube app on my tv and i watch like a hundred different TV opening credits from the old days on YouTube. We had it made when we were growing up. The themes and the intros to these shows were just fabulous. They were. But like, this is what my life has become. I I just feel like I'm ancient at this point because I'm watching grainy VHS quality opening theme songs on YouTube. uh, What is it? What is that? It's 360p, I believe, and you're blowing it up to like 50 inches. (laughs) (laughs) joanna kearns looks like a fucking demon (laughs) but that's the only way that we could take our little time machine back to enjoy these things true so tonight we actually wanted to bring back a show that we've already done previously and do a a sequel yes we had done years ago a show about tv themes and now we're going to do part two Another 10 TV themes that we love. Exactly. So if you're listening and you haven't heard that TV theme song episode of the Purple Stuff podcast, do yourself a favor and listen to the crazy uh, selections that we had. Yeah. mm -hmm. Amen theme song, I believe, was in there. So (laughs) if only for that, you should go back and listen. So tonight we have 10 
beauties that we're going to pull out. Audio treasures. And I will start. Good. Go for it. Okay, let's do it. Number one. That was The Sopranos, Woke Up This Morning by Alabama 3. My favorite show of all time, most likely. HBO always had some of the greatest shows, but this is probably one of the best, I would say. And it's always been one of my obsessions. Like, you obviously love it, too. This intro, I always feel like it didn't necessarily connect in the same way with people that it did with a person like me or yourself, because we're from this area. And... That was uh, the New Jersey Turnpike where Tony's driving around in this intro. Growing up here, I would take that road to see aunts and uncles and cousins and go to funerals. That was my commute home. It's from Manhattan through the Turnpike all the way near Staten Island. You would see refineries and bridges and all kinds of fuel tanks and swamps. The real heart of Jersey. Yeah, to me, that's Jersey to me, whereas a lot of people, they're from the south. A part of the state they think of farms and cornfields and stuff but to me this is the state this is jersey all the stereotypes but what i'm getting at here is that when you're driving on the turnpike and you're watching tony in this intro you could almost smell the fumes one thing that i can't even stress to people enough is that whenever you drive on the new jersey turnpike it's not a joke it stinks to high heaven it smells like something you won't smell anywhere else like, it's very unique to the turnpike. I mean, unique in a really bad way. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, like, it's almost like, um, what's that? It's like a Pavlonian response. So whenever I smell, like, oh, I'm closer to home. <laughs> so it's not so bad. You get used to it. Yeah, you do. Well, you obviously do. You just kind of get immune to it. Yep. Well, we're probably dying inside, toxified. But I think the images that you see in this introduction... It mixes with the music in a special way, and I think that's what really gets me with the intro. I've seen the intro a thousand times, obviously, but it really hits home for me. And the first time I saw it, I really thought, wow, this is this is like a TV show of how it really is here. It's never been done so realistically before. David Chase, the creator of the show, I remember now that we're talking about it, he was always like kind of bent out of shape because Sopranos in its first few years wasn't respected by awards committees as much as it was in his later years. Mm-hmm. But he was mostly upset because he always felt like the intro should have gotten the award from the get-go. Oh, totally agree. Yeah. It is, it's the best. And the song is just perfect for it. And you would never even think that because the band who did it, 
mentioned that they didn't expect to be associated with like Jersey mafia guys. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was like the thing with the show. They picked such great and unusual music, like really contrasty kind of music. Yeah. Remember, uh, evidently chicken town over a fucking Phil. Yes. Oh, so great. <laughs> So I love this intro so much, it made me want to shave my eyebrows and crazy glue my face to the carpet. Oh, fucking AJ. <laughs> he has no eyebrows, Tony. <laughs> North in a house that's new There were four of us, me or big feet and you From your ankle up I'd say you show sweet I'm that down you just too much feet Oh your feet's too big Don't want you cause your feet's too big Can't use you cause your feet's too big I love you cause your feet's too big Oh Your feet's too big. Mad at you cause your feet's too big. I love you even if your feet's too big. And that was Your Feet's Too Big, the theme to Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I can't even listen to you say that without laughing. Oh, uh, your feet's too big. <laughs> so before we even get to the song, yes, there was a TV version of Harry and the Hendersons, which ran in syndication from 91 to 93. And I was the only person on the planet who watched it. That's not true at all. Did you watch this yes, show? You, oh did. my God, there are two of us. <laughs> but it wasn't that good, I have to admit. <laughs> you, <laughs> you mean the Harry and the Hendersons live action TV series that aired in the plum time slot of 5 p.m. Saturdays wasn't? <laughs> a great show it wasn't as good quality as the movie put it that way it wasn't but in fairness harry did look pretty good oh absolutely and his girlfriend did too yeah well, yes she definitely was uh your type yes harry <laughs> harry is more my type <laughs> interesting thing about the show somehow lasted three seasons i have no fucking idea how they pulled that off but it lasted three seasons by like the end of the second season harry's barely in it yeah. Do you remember that? Like, it was like he would turn up for a second and then he'd be gone again. So it was like yeah, watching it... Alf if Alf was only at, like, one scene at the dinner table and never said anything. <laughs> well, they were trying to make it realistic to Bigfoot. You don't see Bigfoot for 22 minutes. You see him maybe for, like, three <laughs> seconds and then that's it. If you're hunting him in the great outdoors, maybe, but he lives in your fucking house. <laughs> he lives in the loft. <laughs> he had a nice little uh, place there. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize until today that this theme, which I actually do like, um, I think it, it suits a Harry and the Hendersons TV show as well as anything could. I just think that it's grammatically incorrect. You, you, really. feats, you don't like the, the pluralization of feats? No, that bothers me. Yeah, feats adjective. too big. <laughs> How would you say that grammatically? Your feet are too big. Yeah. It doesn't really roll off the tongue musically. It had the vibe of, like, Mr. Belvedere's theme song, but it wasn't half as good. Well, no, it wasn't. And 
I didn't know until today that it actually wasn't made for this TV series. That song came out in 1936. Oh, really? Yeah, and I guess, like, it's originally, the lyrics are intended to be about a woman who was, like, physically perfect, but had enormous feet that the <laughs> singer did not like. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is the song they picked for Harry and the Hendersons. Hmm, interesting. One thing I do want to mention, I'm not sure if this was something you were going to bring up or not, but... It only lasted three seasons because it got that surge of popularity from the cameo of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw was in an episode. God, man, Jesus yeah. Christ. Talk about a fucking crossover. Yeah. I mean, one of his most grand moments, other than getting pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike with the Iron Sheik <laughs> oh, for, for having drugs on their person. <laughs> that that uh, that broke a fobby. <laughs> Love you, Hacksaw. <laughs> and Harry. <laughs> Great job, Bigfoot man. George! But then, who is that masked man? Number three. That was Jem, the original opening theme song. And you know me, Matt. I don't care about sounding like a broken record. Uh, I've spoken about Jem so many times. Like, I don't, I don't even care. It's, it doesn't matter to me if, if I get any flack for it. Well, I care. But in this case, I think you have to. Because how could we not have Jem on a best theme show? Yeah, it's one of the best. This, you know, like, not even within the confines of, like, 80s cartoon themes, or even just TV themes, this is just, like, such a great song. There's actually two gem intro songs, right? There's the original from, like, the early, I guess, first season or first or second season. Right. But then a after that, they go with a, a theme called Gem Girls, which I never liked, because for me, this one had sort of, like, some mystery and aura about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't think I've ever heard the second version. Just to be clear, we're talking about... Da -da 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 -da, ooh, jam. That one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. truly, 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 truly outrageous. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. So she's got so much going on in this intro, and the song really goes with it, but it really brings me back to when I was a kid. And like I said, the second song was much weaker, but what happened was they kept the original as the closing credits. Oh, I see what they did. I wonder why they moved it from the top. Why would you get rid of one of the literal and objective best ever themes? It just doesn't I make sense. Know. Yeah, and you're watching this intro, and like, so here we have, just picture it. We have a, a female, pink-haired, face-painted rock star with her name in lights. She's got a purple-haired boyfriend. She's on a million magazine covers, rocking out with her band. And then abruptly, out of nowhere, we get introduced to the misfits. 
so they're obviously the villains and they're claiming that their songs are better which is i mean that's right there i mean they're throwing down i mean so, they're not they're not mincing words <laughs> getting right to the point we are the renegade bad girl band and our songs are better and to put it in wrestling terms this is like the rockers versus demolition yes it is rockers don't have face paint but they're the good they're the white meat baby face that's kind of how i look at it but the misfits have it out for gem and every time i watch the intro and listen to the song it's the greatest 40 seconds of my life you know it, i'm glad you brought up the 40 seconds thing because um <laughs> no i'm serious because i noticed that it was 40 seconds tonight i mostly saw gem in those like death slots on weekday mornings when it was mm -hmm. like you know instantication or whatever yeah, like 5 a.m. <laughs> right. I, yeah. If I remember correctly, they used to crunch the time down, so they sped up the intro a little bit. When you hear the real 40-second version, like, it's just beautiful. It really is. The other thing that you got to think about, too, is that there's something cool about having an alter ego, and that's always what appealed to me with Jem, is that uh, she was Jerrica by day, and Jem, after she would change into her right it, it's been and, a minute for me was jerica trying to keep the gem thing a secret yes and what happened was her dad built her a holographic computer named synergy oh, and right. and so her holographic earrings project gem the disguise on her which i think is just so mind-blowing wow so she's not actually wearing <laughs> the stuff it's actually just holographically placed yeah. there that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, I, I've apparently completely forgotten the plot of this show, but that's yeah, it's incredible. Totally incredible. Yeah. I love it. I also loved how, um, I, I know you'll appreciate this reference. When you were a kid, didn't you think that the Rio Hotel in Wildwood was somehow named after Jem's boyfriend? <laughs> if only his like face was on there, that would be amazing. I'm like, why is there a hotel named after fucking Jim's boyfriend? <laughs> Number four. <laughs> And that was the theme to Amazing Stories. Oh, God, yes. The fantasy anthology series created by Steven Spielberg back in 1985. Probably, like you had said before with The Sopranos, like, this has got to be one of my favorite of all time. And this is a case where I'm so jealous that you took this one first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I snuck in there with this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so just before we even get to the theme, like, if someone out there has never seen amazing stories basically like a spielbergian spin on the twilight zone right it's kind of like yeah like twilight zone tales from the crypt those kind of anthology type right. shows a little little less scary overall but when they mm -hmm. when they went for the horror man they went for it 
But like, even with the ones that weren't supposed to be outright scary, there was an element to it. It definitely was Twilight zone like you right. said. Right, but it was more fantasy than horror. But man, when this thing hit, it really hit. We've already talked about that episode where Christopher Lloyd plays the demented, beheaded teacher. Always my favorite episode of that. Meet the show. Misters! Yeah. Yeah, and then the one where Tim Robbins plays a demon who only appears in a mirror. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like, for me, like... Amazing Stories was big event television when I was a kid. Like, I felt like that was, like, the ultimate TV show, because that's sort of Mm -hmm. how it was presented. Those were kind of, like, the first horror movies I ever saw. Oh, yeah. And I remember when it used to come on, it was, I want to say, I don't know even if this is accurate or not, but I felt like it was on a weekend, like a Saturday. I'm not sure. You know, you might actually be right. I don't, I, I know that whatever night it fell on, I was just on that floor watching it. Like it was like the biggest thing in the world. Oh yeah. It was like an event. I I remember this was a big show for a long time and we would all sit down and watch. It was like such a big thing to do. And the song, it reminded me of all the greatest intros rolled into one like back to the future theme yeah and all, all the different ones mixed into it just to make right this it's like incredible. you threw them all in a blender because it's like it doesn't have one consistent sort of vibe it's just like dancing between all different things yeah and, and it and... was composed by john williams right and it's like basically the most john williams thing ever mm-hmm. just this totally epic track and the visuals in the intro that go <laughs> okay oh, man. so the intro yeah. the visuals in the intro it's like you took every screensaver from 1995 and put it into a show from 1985 <laughs> there are cavemen there are floating skulls medieval knights magic hats flying ghosts it's just insane non-stop yeah. Yeah. and then it ends with that family like all watching By the fire it, right yeah. and then like grandpa's there with them and he's like looking at them all he's like am i allowed i'm like is this a thing am i here with you for amazing stories oh i love that moment oh my god i know gramps the most criminal thing out of the whole scenario here is that they never officially released the second season on dvd and that's the one that has the best stuff mm-hmm I don't know what's up with that. I actually, they did release it on VHS. In, on VHS, like, you know, yeah. a couple episodes here and there, and I have those. But at I this point, too, like yeah. the uh, quality is so bad. I've put them onto DVD like numerous times. It's just, yeah, it's not the same. I want like an official like. Did you make a custom label with the A and the S larger than the rest of the sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery.
That was DuckTales, Matt. And I know that <laughs> you, you uh, kind of conveniently forgot that this was my pick. <laughs> you, you were about to steal it from me. <laughs> yeah, you send me your list, your numbered list of five. Number one is DuckTales. And then an hour later, I send you my five, and my number one is DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking, of like, maybe you just slipped that in there and thought, like, I wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally, like, tried to pretend that I didn't know. That you had picked DuckTales. I'm like, oh, I just didn't notice that right at the top of your list. <laughs> well, you took amazing stories, so we're even. So. Yeah. Enjoy, <laughs> Beagle Boy. Enjoy your DuckTales section. <laughs> so part of the Disney afternoon block of programming, DuckTales, it was just so monumental for me watching this show after I got home from school. And my family used to wonder why I was always watching TV. And obviously, because there were so many damn good shows. This one then. was, I mean, this was really legitimately good. This wasn't just like, oh, this is some cartoon that kids in 1986 or whatever it was just kind of endured. No, this was awesome. Yeah, this was a big deal. And the song is just a classic at this point. Um, a lot of interesting little tidbits here. Music and lyrics by a guy named Mark Mueller. And sang by Jeff Pichetta. I think the guy only got paid like $1,000 to make this song. $1,000 to record this treasure? Yeah, I, th I believe it was uh, 1250 was what he got paid at the time. Oh, man. Uh, to Jeff, bring Jeff Pichetta, Jesus. <laughs> to bring the most fun intro theme of all time that you can't not like this song. It's just I can't imagine someone hating it. I'm, like, not a fan of things that are overly cheerful. No, you're not. You like things that are dreary and sad. Yeah, yeah. but, like, this is an exception. This gets you all pumped up. Oh, fuck yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned watching it after school. There came a point where DuckTales was on at 3 o'clock. Right. And it was the worst because you get home at, like, 3.12 and you miss the fucking theme. Missed, yep, you miss the oh, theme. Terrible. I, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And... This intro song and that bouncing beat, it makes you think of You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. Uh, a little bit, yeah, why not? Yeah. God, you're always working Hall & Oates into these shows somehow. I feel like this is like <laughs> your 15th Hall & Oates. I mean, I don't mind. I love Hall & Oates references, especially when you somehow work them into DuckTales. That <laughs> I love all of those. So, yeah. but yeah, the uh, new version of DuckTales that came out in 2017, that song, it just somehow, like, it's well done and everything. It just somehow lacks that same vibe where it feels like it's someone, like, karaokeing the song. Yeah, but on the other hand, can we really be surprised that the DuckTales theme doesn't appeal to us as much as 500-year-olds as it did as 10-year-olds? There's a bounce to the original song that the new one. Well, well let's not. face it. The what I haven't heard the new one, but nothing's going to top the original. Virtually every Disney afternoon cartoon had a great theme song. And yeah. this one is still 500 times better than all of them put together. And people are probably like, you know, this is a freaking grown man talking about DuckTales. And all I have to say to them is DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales. Woo! <laughs> I finally looked up that one today, by the way. <laughs> After all these years, I finally know what they're saying in the last verse. 
You know, there's a big controversy about some of the lyrics in that song. I'm surprised that there's any controversy surrounding DuckTales in any respect. But what's the problem with the song? Well, so there's a line that says, um, the danger lurks behind you. Yes. Some people think it's danger watch behind you. And it's like split 50-50. It's like let me think about the song here. Danger lurks behind it's behind you. When you look at it like that dress online and some people say it's whatever color and the other people say it's this color. Yep. It's like the same thing. Some people hear watch behind you. Some people hear lurks behind you. Man, that's interesting. You know, you yeah. always pick a theme that has something like that. I think it was the X-Men theme last time. It's like your secret fetish is like misheard lyrics. Yeah, well, that's because I can't hear. So I'm always mishearing lyrics. Well, is it just that you finally feel camaraderie in the world that other people are struggling Yes. <laughs> I feel their pain. <laughs> Third pick is the theme to Inhumanoids. Inhumanoids! <laughs> that actually sounds exactly like how they say it. <laughs> yeah, Inhumanoids, that crazy-ass cartoon series that debuted in 1986. I love everything about Inhumanoids, Jay. Ever since we started hanging out, that was always one of your things. Like, I remember we were at a Polynesian joint one time. Mm-hmm. We went outside for a bit, and <laughs> randomly talking about inhumanoids. <laughs> you know, I don't have a lot of common ground with people. I just pull whatever out of my ass that I could find. And that <laughs> night, it was the giant monsters that lived beneath the Earth's crust. I got to be honest with you. I'm not as schooled on inhumanoids as you are. Oh, let me let me refresh your memory. <laughs> So I'm actually, it's been a while for me, but from what I can recall, you had these three giant monsters, basically like kaiju, like demonic Godzilla enemies that lived under the Earth's crust. Mm. And then you had this team of like heroes in these special suits who had to try to fight them off. And they had like a couple of monsters on their side. But I mean, it was mostly just an excuse to buy like 20 inch action figures and hear this theme song. Right. It kind of used that same concept that... He-Man and G.I. Joe were using, like, it was almost like a cartoon that was a commercial for these toys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I don't remember how many episodes there were, but it's, it was essentially just that. And it, there wouldn't be one without the other. And uh, of all of these, like, action-packed 80s theme songs, I think this is the one that gets me going the most. Really? Yeah, I know, like, people would say, oh, well, really? This over G.I. Joe? I'm like, G.I. Joe's theme doesn't have monsters doing the choruses <laughs> that's true they're singing you're In right <laughs> and like it sucks because even with all the 80s nostalgia pushes these days in humanoids is pretty rarely talked about 
that's so true. It is so true because like, yeah, the they had like, could this they show? had stuff like Pacific Rim, and they're doing the Godzilla thing again. And they don't uh, they don't bring this up. No one ever talks about it. No, and it's so weird because you would think. I mean, certainly most people our age remember the toys, but I guess the cartoon wasn't very popular. And I well, it, it only lasted a few months. Yeah, it did. But I definitely saw it like on regular television. I remember seeing it for sure. And it's like Lovecraftian Godzilla shit. So it holds up like this is my thing. Anyone out there, if you have not seen the show, definitely set aside a few hours. It is worth watching. I remember you always talking about Tendril. Tendril. Oh, my God. My sweet boy. He's <laughs> in my living room right now. His head fell off, but I still keep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your pet's heads are falling off. <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. By the way, my voice is already shot now from doing the humanoids. <laughs> I'm going to sound like Kathleen Turner for the rest of the podcast. Well, it's better than, uh, it's the better than usual, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that is bizarre is that I never thought that there'd be any connection between inhumanoids and Jim. But there is. They were they made did, by did this... uh, Metlar and Jerrica have a little thing? <laughs> no, there was like, I guess they were made by the same company. They were put out to see like which of these shows would grow legs, you know, and Jem out of all of them got the most uh, popular. I would imagine that if we're doing a legs contest that Jem would be tendril and decompose. <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> Number seven. That was the intro from Stranger Things, which I know you're not too familiar with. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I obviously have never seen Stranger Things. Everyone's always hammering me about it. I had not even seen the intro until I was told by you that you're bringing it up. And wow, it's good. It is really good. This is probably in my top five TV theme songs of all time because like, the music is so subtle and it has that synth vibe to it. It's like synth chords and heartbeats, basically. Yeah, oh. and there's something so soft and soothing about it, you know? It's a, it's almost like a spooky, subtle, sinister lullaby. It is. It, you know, I'm listening to it, and it's like, it wouldn't necessarily score something scary in your life, but it would score, like, a weirdly depressing moment when you're shaving. Well, I don't get to that point with it, but I do get how it's nostalgic and it brings you back to childhood because that's what it does to me. Well, totally. I mean, that's where they were going for. The whole thing is a big throwback, even the theme. Like, it's very Halloween 3. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of how visually, not just the song, but visually the intro with the opening credits 
reminds me of the original Terminator intro, how the letters are moving across the screen and they ultimately come together to form the title. Yeah, but they take their sweet time doing it. It's like you almost get to make out different words before it finally all comes together. Yeah, the glowing red letters on the black background. It's magnificent. Oh, so good, so simple. And I love that they have the um, the title generators online so you can make your own stupid phrases in the Stranger Things font. I know that it's it's almost like um, that itself is nostalgic now because it was already so long ago that it used to happen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. Oh my God, I really have to see this freaking show. It's been years. <laughs> Better late than never, Matt. Don't miss season three, which is just around the corner on July 4th <laughs> at the just around the corner sale at Room Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't expect that. Oh, my God. I was not expecting a Room Plus promo. No. (laughs) But, yeah, now's a good time to pick up Stranger Things Season 1 and 2 because it's coming out July 4th, Season 3. Oh, my God. It's totally going to take the wind out of my coronet reference in the next section. So, just could you summarize this show for me? Bunch of kids turn upside down, fight hobgoblin. I mean, yeah, that pretty much got it already. Um, No, yeah, bunch of kids. They're kind of, you know, I wouldn't say misfits, but they're kind of like how we would have been. (laughs) They're kind of how we would have been. A lot of them play uh, D and D, and what happens is they meet a girl who has these supernatural powers. And they're kind of hiding her from society and their their family. Is that the librarian-looking girl, the one that dresses like Betty from Heathers? Or is this the one with the shaved head? (laughs) So they have her, and they're trying to figure out what her deal is. And she likes waffles, right? She loves the waffles. And I I agree. I love Eggo waffles. I've seen the picture of her carrying like 20 packages. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. If anything's going to get me to watch is to see the context of all these waffles. Yeah, so they try to uh, help her out. In the meantime, she winds up saving them because she's got to fight this demon from the Upside Down. And the Upside Down is like a red dimension. It looks kind of like Dimension X, right? It's like almost like you're in space but underground. You're like in space but underground. Slightly oxymoronic, but okay. I think I can picture it. A cavernous underground. Yeah. Gotcha. I did enjoy it quite a bit, so I definitely recommend it. Well, congratulations. Your pick tonight got me to listen to the intro, and it moved me enough to say that I am going to do it. Awesome. Number eight. Okay, that was the banging theme to Swan's Crossing. 
that's, you, did you just call that banging? That's banging. <laughs> I call like Reese's peanut butter cups banging. Oh God, so do they in the commercials now? Do you see those things? They're trying to be all hip. Oh no, I didn't see that. Oh, I yeah. was just messing around, but yeah. <laughs> so I take it you were not a fan of the teen drama series that ran for a couple of months back in 1992, generally at 7 a.m. on WPIX. Um, I couldn't say I was a fan, but I did watch it, and especially because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it. Yeah, her and Mira Sorvino, these, they were in there like they were in there before anyone knew who they were. Yeah, and I think uh, Brittany Daniel was in it, too. Yeah, who is she again? Uh, Sweet Valley High? Oh, she was in it! Yeah, yeah. She, and she was like the, uh, she's like tall and blonde, right? Yes. Yeah, she was definitely in there. I think she was like yeah. one of the main characters, too. Yeah. So me trying to explain the show even in 10 minutes is impossible, but it's basically <laughs> 90210 mixed with Dallas, mixed with a little bit of science fiction. Right. Episodes had no budget, yet every script called for like $10 trillion worth of stuff. So like <laughs> they'd be on submarines and shit and like it would be paper mache periscopes and stuff like that. Oh, just the greatest. <laughs> I know that, that to me, that was the most out of left field part of the show was the whole submarine aspect yeah i can't remember which character but one of them i think I th lived i think on the submarine with her dad even though she yeah. was like attending regular school so i guess the submarine was like in the harbor yeah and then the, then the whole part when they had the the killer 800 pound octopus oh my god who could forget the killer 800 pound octopus man this show went places yes yeah. <laughs> and no matter what anyone thought of it i would at least hope we could agree that the theme song was incredible. I mean, look, especially in early 90s pop terms, this was like good enough to play on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised because this actually seems like a song you would like. No, I, I'm joking. It's not bad. It's just, it's just I feel like it wasn't as catchy. I mean, it's not as catchy as like Not as catchy. Are you kidding? Oh, you. Oh, my God, Jay. Sometimes I like pull this up on YouTube and like connect it to the Wi-Fi in my car and roll up the windows, of course, and just fucking rock out. <laughs> so in the opening sequence, did you have a chance to watch that today? I did. Yeah, it's okay. it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So just for the record, I don't I, mean, I don't know who's singing it. So there's a chance that the singer there is actually singing it. But of course, none of those kids are playing those instruments. Oh, no, of course yeah. not. You got the kid on the keyboards who's, like, literally missing keys. Like, he's not even touching it. <laughs> and the other kid is hitting cymbals, but he's hitting them so lightly that they don't even remotely shake. <laughs> and everyone is, like, in the background dancing like they're doing aerobics. It is just the weirdest thing. The entire show, I mean, in addition to the intro, very disjointed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was addicted to it. Like, me and my cousin actually really bonded over this show because we were... I, I was, like, actually the type... I would rig the VCR to record it while I was gone. Yeah. And I still have that tape from when I was a kid with the handmade <laughs> label, with the dates individually, even cut out the commercials. <laughs> wow. Yep, yep, I that mean, was, that, yeah, that's dedication. Yeah, so, yeah, big-time fan of that show and especially of this song, Gotta Grow Up. That is, that's quite a, quite a pick there, Matt. That's going to go down as one of your classic picks. Yeah, I can't wait for us to do our thing so you could just gloss over it in record time. <laughs> and
And then we had the uh, song from uh, Essie, Moving On. I can the intro theme for just the ten of us doing it the best I can. <laughs> oh man, that's a classic. But anyway, just the ten of us, good stuff, right? I'm gonna say three things. Okay. And you tell me which one is false. All right. So you're gonna tell me three things and one is false. Yeah. Okay. So just the ten of us is a spinoff of Growing Pains. It aired for 14 seasons, and it was the most heavenly half hour of television for me as a young boy. Uh, it did not run for 14 seasons. <laughs> Very good. It aired for three seasons. <laughs> yes, yes, but everything else was true. It certainly was a Growing Pains spinoff. Actually, yeah. for me, it was the first time I ever saw one of those spinoff situations happen as they happened. Oh, really? Yeah, it blew my mind. Like, oh my God, why is Growing Pain suddenly 85% Lubbock? And then there it was. <laughs> well, they say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was inspired by this <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> you know what this, this MCU needs? <laughs> Coach Lubbock. Coach Lubbock. <laughs> so they had a bunch of daughters and they had a son. Yep. And the son actually grew up, the guy who was the actor grew up to direct episodes of game of thrones and it's always sunny in philadelphia oh really i didn't know that yeah and and the daughters obviously you know at least uh two or three of them were in nightmare on elm street three uh, different daughters three of the four daughters well yeah. i think there are actually more but three of the four adult daughters were in elm street movies yeah like what are the chances of that That's you know insane. And, and I guess it was like an in joke because uh, the kid Jr. in the in the show would wear like Nightmare on Elm Street shirts as like a nod to it. Oh my god, I never noticed that. Now I have to go back and screen cap it and write like fifteen articles about it. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> but like, so I, what you could add into the article though is that this is the show where Heather started adding the N to her last name because previously she went exclusively by Loggin Camp. That's right. I remember it was, it was yeah. pre just the 10 of us. She was Heather Loggin Camp. 
Her family owned an old summer camp made of logs. Yeah, that's what it was. Actually, I think logging camp was their native German pronunciation. Yeah. Once she became a star, Heather Langenkamp. Langenkamp, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so get this. Very important that I bring up Connie Lubbock. Her resume is like our ultimate fantasy list of oh, wait, TV. Connie here. It's Connie mom or daughter? Connie is one of the daughters, right? Okay. And her resume is like our ultimate fantasy TV movie list. Okay. Like if, if you and I were to put this together, let me just I'm going I'm on her IMDB right now. I mean I'm I'm gonna rattle off. Oh, can you click trivia? I want to know the name of her childhood iguana. <laughs> I'll get to that. But first, let me just say the facts of life. Okay. Right? Real genius. A Nightmare in Elm Street Part 2 Freddy's Revenge. She did an episode of the 80s Twilight Zone series. Oh, my Lord. She was in Amazing Stories, <gasps> Tales from the Dark Side, <gasps> <laughs> Just the Ten of Us, Growing Pains. Melrose Place. Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah, it just goes on and on and on. Oh my god, who maybe there's more than one of her. This doesn't even make sense. And even a show I like, a little show called Victorious. <laughs> How the fuck was Connie from Just the Ten of Us, this show from fucking 1940 on Victorious? What was she playing, Grandma? Miss Carpenter. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, like, this is... It's just incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Connie was the... Which one was she? Which color she hair? Was, she was kind of like, I want to say, I don't want to say the nerdy one because the nerdy right, one right. was. She the, was like the second nerdiest beyond Heather Loggenkamp. Well, yeah, but then they had the other daughter with the dark hair who was kind of nerdy with the glasses. God, they really love that nerd trope on that show. Yeah. <laughs> so she was kind of in the middle. Gotcha. Wow, that is but, some resume, man. Yeah. So with that said, now. It's time for me to bring up the fact that the guy who sings, doing it the best I can. I'm doing it the best I can. That's Bill Effin Medley, who is, does he sound familiar to you, Matt? No. He is one half of the Righteous Brothers. The guy who sings, you've lost that love and feeling. Oh my God. You know what? The two songs connect. It's almost like Doing It the Best I Can is a sequel to that it song. It is. And then Unchained Melody from Ghost. Who could forget Unchained Melody from Ghost? He was and also responsible for that. Who is This guy's like giving Connie a run for her money. I know. And I've had the time of my life from Dirty Dancing. That's Bill. That's, that's Bill. I know Bill Medley. That's yes. Bill Medley. Of course. I know him. This dude is a musical gift from oh, the gods. I can't believe the guy from the Dirty Dancing song did doing it the best I can. That's what I'm saying. And no wonder this song rocks so much ass. <laughs> <laughs> when they do the, the master re-release, you're definitely going to be on the back. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had no clue that that was the same guy. No, not at all. I mean, that's 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 just throwing me for. I love the song from Dirty Dancing, by the way, and I've watched me, me like too. many live performances with them too on YouTube because like, they were on every fucking show. Yeah. And now I just can't picture that guy with that silver fox singing, <laughs> doing it the best I can. There's plenty of lyrics to it, but all I remember is doing it the doing best, it I, best can. I can. And then like the little graphic bouncy basketball, and of course, Coach Lubbock. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, so fucking good. And guess what? Everyone listening right now, you're welcome because it's going to be stuck in your head. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so obviously Cheers has a great theme song, right? That's one of the classics, yeah. yeah one of the best of all time. But I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Why talk about Why that? Why talk about that? I actually want to pick the show's closing theme. Okay. That classy instrumental bit that plays over the end credits. Right. <laughs> you know who you sounded like when you did that? You sounded like Peter Griffin doing the Cheers theme song. Oh, <laughs> Not what I was going for, but okay. All right, here's the deal, muchacho. I only rarely caught Cheers on its NBC run, but I'm sure like you, I watched the reruns on WPIX oh, yeah, like every fucking weeknight. Yep. And it came on at 11 o'clock, and mm -hmm. for years, that would be the last good thing on network television before everyone switched over to, like, infomercials and talk shows. Right. So, for me, as much as I think it's a good theme, it always depressed the hell out of me. Because it was like, it meant the night was over every single night. I know exactly what you mean, because I remember it's, like, super late at night. I might have even been falling asleep on the couch and then waking up, and that song is playing. Right, right, right. And it's just, like, as much as I enjoyed it, it just always depressed me. And I hear it now, and it's just immediate sadness. And I'm wondering, like... Is the song objectively sad? Like, what do you think? Is it meant to be a little kind of downbeat? Well, first of all, way to bring down the mood. <laughs> no, I'm it's sorry. Definitely, it's definitely depressing. Uh, I mean, I used to feel like... Well, what are I they didn't going the... for? What was the intended... What, what kind of response were they trying to get from that sort of song? I feel like it's like, well, we're closing up shop. Uh, we're going to wipe the bar down and we're going to go home for the night. And we're all tanked up and liquored up and ready to pass out it's amazing how much action and emotion you can get out of <laughs> i think they were just depressed that shelly long wasn't in the show anymore at that point first of all i've been watching cheers on netflix again and i don't care what fuck anyone says she was so good on that show she was the diane chain brilliant like are the only years that matter listen i i actually love all of it like i loved rebecca too but i'm watching back and i don't think especially back then i didn't have any kind of context i didn't appreciate like her performance in that show was just fucking brilliant oh it was yeah yeah and when it was on reruns I would only watch it if she was on. Well, to be real, like as much as I kind of love the whole stretch, it definitely like I I've been I'm now past the Shelley Long episodes and I'm into the Kirstie Alley episodes and it's nothing having to do with Kirstie Alley. The show just in general isn't as cool. Yeah. But, you know, you binge on Netflix and you have the option to skip the ending because it goes to the next episode and I make <laughs> it stay because I just want to hear that sad theme. <laughs> 
over and over again. <laughs> but that's like, like what I was saying in the in the beginning of the show. Like, you know, we have options to skip all this stuff. Like, why skip it? It's the best part. No, like, why wouldn't you want to listen to this horrible fucking yin yang that makes you want to cry into a pillow and eat a whole box of Ritz? <laughs> Have you ever been to the actual Cheers bar? Uh, have what do you think? <laughs> no, no, I have not. That's more than well, five I mean, minutes away, Jay. Yeah, but come on. I mean, that seems like something you were just telling me the other night. You're like, okay, so here's this next trip that I want to take, and like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was this Roswell. Like... I wanted to go to the McDonald's in Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> It's well, that's more than five minutes away. It is, but I mean, it's shaped like a fucking spaceship, Jay. Oh, my God. Can you imagine I, eating a cheeseburger in that? I want to go, obviously, but at least Cheers is like four hours away, and Roswell's like 1,700. Yeah, but is that is the actual <laughs> bar in Boston? I think so. Well, you know how Boston feels about New Yorkers, right? Yeah. They, you know, just they imagine like, how they feel about Staten Islanders. They like to park the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to take this outside, Yorker? <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll agree with us that the closing credits are better than the intro, but... No, it's not. Thing... I mean, objectively, the fucking opening theme is, like, the best thing that ever happened. But, man, <laughs> I mean, no, it sounds like I'm complaining, but really, the boring weeknights of youth are, like, my emotional aesthetic. So I just love that closing theme. It just reminds me so much of being a lonely, despondent child who had nothing to do. I have to say I am with you on that because I was the same way. But one thing that always turned me off, like with Cheers especially, is that when the Cheers intro and closing credits came on, I, I just needed to go away. Because seeing those like still shots of like old fashioned restaurants yep. and stuff, like, I was like, what the hell is this crap? This it always, you know what? It always like made me feel like, like, is this what it's like inside Beefsteak Charlie's? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, we had like round round and yes, exactly. It's like you know, I watched the opening credits and like I smell gravy. <laughs> but I just felt like, is this supposed to be? This is a comedy because it's not making me want to watch it. <laughs> What's this? Some it... sort of documentary? <laughs> yeah. Is this about the that... prohibition? Yeah, and then when you had when you had Shelley Long talking to what's his face at the bar, I'm like, all right, now it's not that bad. Oh man, yeah, yeah, Sam and Diane and Coach. Yeah, the intro and closing credits didn't do it any favors. Let me tell you. You know, they had to spend a lot of time matching George went to a stock photo from 1926. Jay, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work went into that intro. <laughs> <laughs> So it is now time for our main event. The main event. Main event of the evening. Yes, our thing. We've had a, an amazing show. Yeah, this was fun. I think we picked a really good batch. I didn't think we could come close to the batch that we picked in the other show, but I think we came pretty close. There you go again. You love that word. Which word? Close? <laughs> I said close a bunch of times. Is Which word are you talking about? Batch. Batch? Oh, yeah, batch. Well, I mean, Gremlins too. 
I think you're thinking soft batch cookies. Oh my god, they were so good. I don't know how they <laughs> stayed so soft on the fucking grocery store shelves like that. It was all chemicals. That's all. It Clark Griswold was. chemicals. Oh it totally was. Man, how the middles just like were collapsing in. Oh, so good. But we digress. Yes, yes. All right, so let's run through our picks. Mm-hmm. You had a nice little list going there. I don't even know why you're bothering to go through it. You already know <laughs> which one you're picking. Harry and the Hendersons. Amazing stories. Cheers. Closing theme song. Uh, Swan's Crossing. <laughs> yeah. And the Inhumanoids. Inhumanoids! <laughs> um, I mean, no, you're right. I, there's no contest here. Amazing stories. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, like, oh my God, you're right. Looking at yeah. my So my list was, your feet's too big. Uh, Inhumanoids. Too... Grow up and uh, the depressing cheers closing theme kind of wins by default Amazing Stories, doesn't it? I think you manufactured that, so I would pick the Amazing Stories theme. It's obviously the best. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been picked even if I had given you five songs you liked, but wasn't much of a contest tonight. I, I'm going to toot my own horn here, though. I have to say, like, my list is, I think you're going to have a hard time with it, to be honest with you. All right, we'll see if that's true. We have um, the Sopranos theme. Yeah. We have, ooh, Jim. Ooh, Jim. We have doing it the best I can. <laughs> and Stranger Things and DuckTales. Woo! Woo! So, oh, wow. This is tough. It's a tough one. I'm going to knock out Stranger Things, and I'm going to knock out Sopranos. Wow. It's a real tight race between Jerrica, Uncle Scrooge, Jerica. and Coach Lubbock. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. That's sad. That is tough. You got the uh, bounce of DuckTales. Yeah. Well, the they're going to, you know what? DuckTales is going to bounce right the fuck out of here. Because oh, shit. Take that. Yep. No I, way. I, I, I got to follow my heart tonight. And right now, my heart is telling me to pick between Coach Lubbock and Jerrica. Wow. I didn't think Jem uh, would make it that far. Oh, it has. It has. And I have to decide if it's going to make it even further. <laughs> Just the 10 of us, Jem. My God, <laughs> I am gonna go with Jem. Whoa, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a truly outrageous pick, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great theme. It's so yeah, good. It really is. So, what do we have tonight? We have amazing stories and Jem. Yeah, a real fucking main event lineup anywhere. You know, and I gotta say about our whole effort tonight we really did it the best we could <laughs> doing it the best I can. <laughs> oh man what fun so many quotable themes tonight it's true and we hope everyone enjoyed listening to us kibitz about songs from 1987 well it wasn't only 1987 1987 through 2019 <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i don't think we could sign off yet man well, no, we haven't done our Patreon pitch yet. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. As a reminder, the Purple Stuff podcast is also on Patreon, where you could access exclusive bonus shows every single month. Patreon.com slash Purple Stuff. Yeah, that's right. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. <laughs> so what else did you want to bring up? Well, I don't think we could end the show, because I do feel like... 
There's one song that we probably should have mentioned that we didn't. What's that, Jay? Uh, how about I drop you a little hint and you could try to guess. Okay. Let me see if I can do this. I'm just going to hit this button here. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's your hint. Oh, my God. The Chipmunks. <laughs> how did Simon Theodore? How did we forget them? Watch out. Because here we come. Nobody remembers that part of the song. We're the Chipmunks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.